One, two, three. <laughs> Great. Good job. Good claps, everyone. All right. Thank you for uh, joining Lowering the Rim. That's our podcast. And uh, Wow. <laughs> That's Thanks it. for our special guest, Nick. You did great. Uh, hope you come back on the show. Yeah, I'd love to. Welcome to Lowering the Rim. You go to the hole and dominate. We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> Welcome to Lowering the Rim, a podcast about the NBA from a fan's perspective. We're all brothers. We've got Drew, Nick, the twins, Caleb and Keegan, and I'm your host, Ian. And today we have a very special guest, Nick Weiger. He has a podcast called Doughboys with his friend Mitch reviewing chain restaurants. And they're actually in the middle of Munch Madness, which we're going to get to hear a little more about. But Nick is a lifelong Lakers fan. So we're going to talk all things Lakers today. So let's get into it. Let's go. Very excited to be here. Very excited to talk hoops. So you're, you have a podcast where you review chain restaurants. It's very funny. Oh, God bless you. (laughs) Thanks for saying that. You know, I'll say it again. It's very funny. I recommend anybody listening to it. Very nice. Very, very nice. (laughs) Nick, go ahead and tell them the name of your podcast so the listeners know. (laughs) So the podcast is called Doughboys. We review chain restaurants. So, you know, fast food to go, places like your Taco Bells, your Burger Kings, as well as sit-down chains, your Outback Steakhouses, your Olive Gardens. We kind of hit them all. And we'll do we'll do local chains, we'll do national chains, everything from uh, you know McDonald's to a uh, a beloved local burger outlet that's got three locations in the the Portland area. <laughs> <laughs> Just depends. Well, we have a ton of LeBron questions we want to ask you, but I feel like we have to set the stage first. Can you give yes. us a little bit of your just your history with the Lakers? Right. Obviously, you're an NBA fan. You grew up in Southern California. It sounds like you've been a Lakers fan for for uh, your whole life. Would you say? Kind of give us a, I, give us the backdrop on your kind of Lakers fan history. For sure. I mean, I would say that that my I I don't re- I never remember not being a Lakers fan. Like I remember that just being the team that I thought was the cool team from when I was a kid. There was a like a a 86-87 Lakers championship pin that I had on my uh, like on my bullet little, little cork board in my room and I don't even remember how it got there it was just there it was just like a part of my room um, so like like I, I just remember I, I lived through Showtime even though I was kind of too young to remember a lot of it but I lived through it I thought like James Worthy was cool uh, he was probably my favorite of the Showtime Lakers although now I'd say Kareem um and uh, and you know like 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 was still following the team in the 90s and the Cedric Sabalos years and the the uh, Sedale three years uh, and then uh, when when Shaq and Kobe came to town you know I was completely all in on that. Well, you're in good company. We're all mid 30s here, and uh, most of us right. have been following the NBA since we were you know kids in the 80s as well. So right. So give us give us kind of like what were some of your most memorable Lakers moments? Like just give us a little bit of a snapshot into kind of your favorite players or favorite eras or most memorable times in the kind of Lakers history that, that you got to experience. I actually really like, this is a, this is a dumb kid's perspective, 
but I loved how there were multiple members of the Showtime Lakers who wore eyewear. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just, like... I I was, <laughs> it was so cool that James Worthy and Cream had goggles and Kurt Rambis just had the glasses. I, I was just like, oh, man, this is this is awesome. Like, I like I just like that element. It was just something distinct. Um, Did they I, have uh, a team optometrist at that point? Yeah. <laughs> One would hope so. They, yeah. they seriously had some myopia and presbyopia throughout the team <laughs> uh, and uh and and then i also uh so like i like i loved i loved that aspect um uh i, I really like when when shaq came to the team that was such like a a crazy sort of thing that free agency signing mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people a lot of LeBron is the next one, the next big one, but I think a lot of people think of because of the Shaq signing that that's how the, the Lakers teams have been built as they've mm. they've come through free agency. It's really not the case. Most of the Lakers players, biggest superstars, have come via the draft or via the trade via trades, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's really just Shaq and LeBron, and pretty much everyone else was you know going back to Magic and Worthy and 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 Kareem. Um, uh, Kobe certainly, uh, Pow, uh, you know uh, the, the, these these key players were uh, were acquired via trade or or drafted and, and developed by the organization. Um, but uh, I certainly remember Shaq coming to town is like a huge crazy thing. Um, point four was a big one. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 shot that uh, the that uh, Derek Fisher hit with point four seconds oh, left yeah, yeah. Uh, in the. Um, in the Western Conference uh, playoffs, and um, that was one where I remember that shot. This, so there's this crazy buzzer beater. There was like basically it's it's as small amount of time as you can actually get a shot off. Right. Uh, 0.4 seconds, and he got it off and he made it and won the game. Um, is uh, I, I remember when that shot w- was hit. I was watching it with a couple of my college roommates, and I had this this call this stocky guy who uh w- was like a shorter dude but lifted weights so he was just like he was like five four like 200 pounds of solid rock just this jacked like like wrestler build just in in, in sort of like a, a a miniature form and he was super strong and then i had this other roommate who was a similar height but just kind of gaunt and and scrawny and uh, uh so that shot got hit and we all like like whoa like exploded, and the the my stockier friend uh, uh, gets up and grabs the other friend, grabs the uh, my other roommate, and like throws him across the room like a <laughs> rag doll, and like into a wall. And he like he was just like it was just such excite, it was such ecstatic excitement that he could not resist like just like hurling a man. And it was one of the most, is this amazing, like, like just this bang, bang of like this amazing play. And then this just amazing feat of strength. And then also just like a wild overreaction. And so that's just like etched in my brain. Would you say it was um, almost like a pizza toss? <laughs> it, it was kind of a pizza toss. He did kind of t- he tossed a man like a pizza. You know what? That's what I'm gonna. Th- that's the detail I'm gonna add to the story from now on. You know how at a pizzeria, like there's a guy who's kind of tossing dough in the air. It was kind of like that, but with a person. That's great. That's great. So, all-time favorite Laker. Wow, that's a tough question. Um, I think I say I I think I say Kareem. Kareem, uh, yeah, yeah. 
I, I just love like I, I he's just so he's so weird like he's just a weird guy and I like that I like that the NBA's all-time leading scorer is an eccentric dude he's like this 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 intellectual who's you know a, a, a devout Muslim and and very like a, a just like like writes as a hobby like he's just like passionate about writing he like writes media criticism he like writes uh sherlock holmes books it's just like it's it's like he's like a fascinating figure and he was also just like so great like i i very rare i I don't have a lot of tangible memories of him watching him live but like just knowing him as a figure and and what he accomplished and the, the fact that he was a key part of those five showtime uh, ch- titles to me it's just like I, I i love kareem um i would say probably my my uh most of my the, the the person who probably generated the most memories for me as a laker uh in terms of my my watching years in terms of how old i was is kobe mm. uh, but i'm like conflicted on my thoughts about kobe now just because of him as a man i'm just not as we we don't have to get into it but like it's, it's just sort of I don't, I don't think of him as a as a as a good person and an amazing player to watch, but I just like, I have a hard time rooting for him as a man. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Did you ever have any jerseys? Um, I got jerseys now. Uh, let's see. I, I mean, like I <laughs> have a, have? uh, right now I've got a, I've got a, a Brandon Ingram and then I've got a LeBron. Um, I, uh, I had to refresh my jerseys. So he, this is actually a thing. I tend to whiff on jerseys, like I will like I'll buy a player that will not work out or will get traded um, in recent years. And I, I came close to getting a Julius Randle, who is now on the New Orleans Pelicans, and I did not. Uh, I was worried when I got the Brandon Ingram that he was going to end up getting traded, and he did not. But, you know, we'll see what happens this summer. Uh, but recently I had a D'Angelo Russell. Uh, and he's now on the Brooklyn Nets, and, and of course. And then uh, I had a Dwight Howard. Oh, I was like, man. I don't. There's just like a total miscalculation. But when he came here, I was like, oh, the next big Lakers center. I'll, I'll totally get a Dwight Howard jersey. And then he was miserable to watch and left after one uh, one season. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I I've had, oh, I got a uh, I have a Magic Johnson uh, a, a Dream Team jersey. That's actually wow. one I one I like. Yeah, that's a great jersey. Yeah, you you never had a Nick Van Exel jersey. No, I never did. Yeah, Keegan, no, Keegan's got you there. So yeah, I love we Van Exel. We could get your mailing address. Ian's sitting on two right now. He could just I've got send two. you one I've got, right over. I got the no yellow and deal. the purple. Yeah, I was you gonna have... say Keegan and I used to have Nick Van Exel jerseys, but somebody kept them in their closet. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they? they the Swires are crazy for Van Exel. What's that all about? Yeah. Hey, we, we not only have the jerseys, but we collectively have a quite a stash of Nick Van Exel basketball cards. Wow. Keegan could elaborate most on the Van, Nick Van Exel love, probably. Yes, please. So similar to your uh, childish liking of basketball eyewear, <laughs> I just like the Lakers because I liked their colors. I like right. the purple and gold. And so when I did like their colors, the players at the time that I liked them were Nick Van Exel, Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones. Yeah, Eddie Jones. So I liked those guys and I for some reason I liked Nick Van Exel and we got his jerseys. I think for Christmas or birthday, I don't actually remember. I think Keegan actually, you know, Christmas. one of his rap songs he had a Nick Van Exel line, didn't you? Did I? Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure can we, did. Can we get some Lars. recall on that, Keegan? What, what was that line? I don't, 
Or maybe it was a battle rap. I don't think that's true. You said something about XL and then Nick Van XL. <laughs> something like, uh, get on Like my... you rhymed it with Microsoft Excel? Yeah. 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 Something like Very that. Very cool. Probably. Get on Microsoft Or maybe Office. Exhale. Or, uh, it was something like that. Maybe it was in one of the ba- the battle raps. I do like Nick Van Microsoft Excel. <laughs> <laughs> Keegan's also really into spreadsheets. So that's... Nice. It's uh, oh. hand in hand. I also so, like Vans. So going going back to your jerseys, uh, it kind of yes. highlights the last six years or so. Maybe it's a little bit right. longer than that for the Lakers. What's give us kind of the what's the LA vibe of like where are we at? What's the state of the union on Lakers fans and uh, what has and or hasn't been the past you know post Kobe era? Because we're, we're kind of in uncharted coaster. territory, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a real roller coaster this particular season. I think the mood right now is kind of, I, I would say a few uh, a, a few weeks ago, everyone was apoplectic, and now everyone's kind of settled. When it became clear the team was not making the playoffs and is just kind of pseudo-tanking, I think everyone just sort of was resigned to like, okay, this is fine. We, we got Everyone's now kind of like in the, the uh, they're rationalizing. Like, this is just the first season. We still got LeBron. We'll, we'll get a big free agent this summer. I think if something big doesn't happen this summer, there's going to be a, uh, it's just going to be a, a a complete mess. So I, I I would say that that, and it's not just post Kobe. The last few Kobe seasons were miserable. I mean, right. this, this it's been a it's been a pretty dark stretch for a while. Last season, as compared to this season, last season before LeBron, I would argue was the team was similarly successful. The record was not quite as good, I don't think, but but was in the same sort of ballpark. But that team was a lot more fun to watch. I mean, it was just it was just like a young team that played hard, that looked like it had some guys who had a future. And now it just is like this team where some of the fun young guys have have been shipped off. You know, uh, uh, Zubach most recently, uh, Julius Randle, who everyone really liked, uh, was was not re-signed, which was a which was a bummer. Um, and uh, uh, and you know like uh, it, the guys who are here, their morale seems a little low. The young guys, and then the the older players, it was like it just seems like they were guys who were either past their prime or and or just playing for the next contract. Which that I kind of understand because you're signed to a one year deal. Yeah, you want to make some money next year, so you're you're maybe not not going to be putting the team first. But it was just a poorly constructed ro- roster. I think most of everyone's assessment here is. It, People aren't aren't really as as mad at Luke Walton, uh, the the coach. They're more mad at the front office. They're more mm. mad at 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 Rob Lincoln and and Magic Johnson. Although I still think Magic Johnson, because he's such a beloved figure, dodges a lot of the heat. Right. Yeah. So so, so you think he should maybe be taking a little more heat? I think it's I I mean he's the guy at the top, and and like if you look at how yeah. he hey another another NBA. Uh, another basketball player has had a lot of success with chain restaurants, uh, a lot of TGI Fridays. <laughs> Have you guys ever been to a magic TGI Fridays? No, no. I went to one in uh, the one in uh, Ladera, uh, Ladera Heights, which is a, a neighborhood in LA kind of near the, uh, near LAX. And, it, it's I think it's no longer a Magic Johnson uh, TGI Fridays, but it's a great Fridays and they had a great bar area. I actually watched game six of the, uh, uh, the the Rockets Clippers series a few years ago 
Um, do you guys remember where the, the Clippers completely melted down? They had like a huge mm. lead in the fourth quarter, and then the Rockets ended up going with, with their bench, basically. Yeah, that was with Harden sitting on the bench. Yeah, It was with Harden on the bench, and yeah, yeah, like Josh Smith went crazy. And, like, and the, Corey the Rockets Brewer, were yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was just like uh, I, I remember I was, I was at the – that TGI Fridays for that game. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway, I, I brought that whole tangent up to say that Magic Johnson's style of be, of business is to sort of be the guy at the top, be the front-facing part of the organization, and then hire up competent people to uh, run things. And that's a completely reasonable style of, of, being, of leadership, to be like someone who's an effective delegator. I think he's very good at that. He's been very successful. He's kind of done the same thing with... Um, with uh, uh, the Lakers and that he's brought in Palenka as kind of the day-to-day guy. But also I think Magic is, from what I've heard, like he, he is kind of maybe intervening a little bit more than he should, maybe because he thinks basketball is his purview. And I, I think that's kind of been to the detriment of the team. I mean, if he wants to get really, really involved and get in the nuts and bolts of it, like that's one thing. But I think to kind of be this, right now he's just kind of like this absentee manager. And I, I don't think that's as effective as it could be. But I think more, most of the blame does belong on Palinka for this roster being so shoddily constructed. Yeah. Is now it? They, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Ian. Well, I'll I, go ahead. Hold on. I'll stop. <laughs> <it>. uh. <laughs> so is, is the, I mean, everybody's assumption is the scapegoat is going to be uh, Luke Walton. That's going to be kind of the the structural yeah. change, and then they're gonna they're gonna try to do some make some player moves in the off season. Is that all you see, or I mean, is there some, is there a chance that Palinka gets, uh, you know, moved out by Magic or something sooner? I don't think this front office is going anywhere for another season. I think they're they're kind of in place, and I actually am, am cautiously optimistic that something positive will happen this summer. Uh, just because it's a franchise, as you guys know, that where things just tend to work out in over time, and may, maybe event, maybe that luck has finally run out. But it, it it's just it, it, the LeBron thing is indicative of that. The team hasn't been stellar it's been drafting well but it hasn't been like like this stellarly run organization but they just got lebron because they're the lakers so i think that they maybe just have a little bit enough enough jazz to uh not the utah jazz that would confuse things (laughs) enough um organizational pull to have something positive happen this offseason but if something doesn't then yeah i could see palinka maybe being purged i do think there's a there's unfortunately luke walton is going to maybe take the fall for this season um which i don't think he necessarily deserves but i also don't think he's like this this oh god we got to keep luke walton like i'm just like it's fine to make a coaching change uh but all but all just like i hear like jason kidd like jason kidd you want to bring in Jason Kidd to coach the team? What are you talking about? That's, this a, is, that's, this a, smart, that's a smart move. You see what the Bucks turned into this year? Yeah. After they, <laughs> right. They got yeah, rid of like Jason a, Kidd. So. Right. He's like a starter coach. You bring yeah. him in and yeah. uh, Turns yeah, it around. And then, you, then the next, the next coach you bring in is going to take the, the team to new heights. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're right on track. Yeah, what a what a god! I would be so fucking miffed if they hired so, Jason Kidd. Let's just, so let's, hard a, <laughs> let's assume they get rid of Walton. Who would you actually want to see? I've been struggling with this. I've been trying to like think of who it, because there because you know you would have said Fizdale if he was available. 
Um, but uh, I don't know if it, like 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 since he's with the 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 Knicks now, I like I don't know who the Fizdale is. I don't know who the guy is out that's out there that like you really would want to, um, uh, like 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 this guy who who got fired who you really want to give a second chance and like oh man this guy would be this guy would be a, a great fit with LeBron and with younger players. Uh, the one and this is my friend David Phillips. Theory and 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 uh, David Phillips, shout out DP, huge huge Lakers fan, diehard. Uh, he was pitching Becky Hammond, the Spurs assistant, oh. and like I think that would be like a, a really awesome thing to see because a she's good, b like just it would be like historic, and you know, c LeBron would be like lending his legitimacy as the league's biggest star. Uh, it. it in like having the first uh, uh, female head coach in a major American sport, so I, I think that would be awesome if that happened. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not holding out hope for some like uh, amazing hire with this front office. You know, I, that is that's such a fascinating theory because in some ways that would, uh, if you're if you're Genie Bus, that would almost hold LeBron accountable, right? Because he look he would look so bad if he snubbed her the way that he's snubbed some of his other coaches. Right. Uh, yeah, and and so I I think that would be a, a an interesting move for a lot of reasons, and it would also just be awesome to see. Um, I also too, you know what? I would love to see Tyron Lue. <laughs> like oh I my. I like Lue. I think he's a yeah. good coach. I uh you know uh, certainly a history with the Lakers, and the team has had some success with former players coaching the team. So I I'd be totally down for that. In that same vein, I had heard that they were thinking about Brian Shaw as well because he's already an assistant and he's right. a for- former Laker. Yeah, Brian Brian Shaw like or, you know cuz he was a I think he was an assistant under Phil Jackson if I remember correctly and and he was like considered the at the time like oh f- like Brian Shaw's going to be the next big head NBA head coach. He went to the Nuggets and it didn't really work out but I think he's a guy who deserves another shot. I think I think like he he would be a good head coach in the right situation. Is this Lakers fiasco the right situation? I don't know, but you know, I, I'd I'd be fine with Brian Shaw. Okay, <clears throat> as far as like other changes that they could make, yes. Uh, say, say they don't get Anthony Davis. Is there any other move you see this off season that could possibly? Uh, I don't know what the word is. Put some hope into you about the organization moving forward. I mean, I think in that case, you just got to max out Mike Muscala. Um, <laughs> I think that's the that well, he becomes or, your. Or they spin. trade Muscala back for Zubac. Is that what they do? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. See if see if uh, the the Clippers will do that. Throw in a couple first rounders. See if you can make that happen. Um, no, I I like like what if they are... got Jimmy Butler uh, or. Butler's interesting. I mean, Kimba I think, Walker, something like that. But it's I, not. I love it's Kemba. not Anthony Davis. I love Kemba. I think Kemba's great. I mean, I think you know, you look at you look at Kemba plus LeBron. That's a good team. That's like especially that that feels like a playoff, a Western Conference playoff team. Although who knows, this conference is so insanely strong. Uh, I I like Jimmy Butler. I feel like Jimmy Butler's contract is going to look bad in a few years. But that's the case with basically any max contract. That's kind of the 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 way these things are set up, uh, but yeah, I, I 
I'm not holding out hope for AD necessarily because I think that's just going to be a thing where the organizational stubbornness of New Orleans is going to prevent them from dealing him to LA. Yeah. So I I don't think that's necessarily going to happen this summer. They really tried to force their hand and and that didn't work. So, but I think that some of these other guys that are available, I I think I think your I think your Kemba or your your Butler could potentially come through. I don't think Chris Middleton is going anywhere because I think the Bucks situation is just so good. So uh, I, I I don't know, but maybe one of those guys it could happen, or maybe some trade we're not thinking of. This is this is one thing I love about the NBA offseason uh, is that there's always some trade or some sort some move that no one anticipated or was speculating, and that's going to happen. And people are going to be like, "Holy shit!" Like CP3 to the Rockets a couple years years back, no one called that. No one was like, oh, yeah, CP3 might be set up in a, in a side-and-trade deal with the Houston Rockets and be paired up with James Harden. No one thought about it that, and then it had happened, and it completely shifted the league and, and the Western Conference. Yeah, same with Kyrie Irving. That just came out of right. nowhere. All of a sudden, right. he's that was like huge. on Boston, yeah. Uh, and even and even more you know, astute uh, uh, comparison. You're absolutely right, yeah, and, and, and more recent. Um, and, 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 hey, I mean, that's the other thing I've heard about is that the Kyrie – LeBron reunion in LA, which honestly, I would love that. I'm like, I'm 100% in favor of that. I don't know if it would work necessarily, but it'd just be such an amazing storyline. It's like, just like, it's, it's such a, it's like a fuck you to Cleveland from Kyrie and then a fuck you to Boston too. Like, it's just like the, the, the biggest twist of the knife, like leaving to join the Lakers. Yeah. It's that's... just such a fuck you. It would be, it would be amazing narratively for that if that happened. And then the two guys reunion, having a reunion when he forced his way out because he didn't want to play with them so recently. So if they did say they did get Anthony Davis, yes. who, who are the players that you're like, we have to. I really, they need to keep these guys, the young players. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you keep all these guys because they're on rookie deals unless you need to package them for some sort of, of trade package. And of course, we're talking about getting Anthony Davis. So obviously, in that case, you'd have to package a bunch of assets. So I think for Anthony Davis, you ship off everybody. Um, I think if you are, because that's just what's going to have to happen. I, I don't think you have anyone you can keep and, and, and make that trade a reality. I think you're shipping out all the young guys plus picks. But if you if you aren't doing that trade, I think it'd be great to, to keep as many of those guys as you can because they're on rookie deals. Who's the most Who's the most beloved of the young guys? Like just that Lakers think fans it, kind of had, I, really endeared themselves to the Lakers fans. Great question. I think it's Kuzma. Okay. Um, I think people just like like he's he's very uh, he's probably the most charismatic of the guys, and um, he's got a he's got a really fun offensive game to watch. And he's also like kind of like he's got the story of he was this late first round pick and he ended up being a really good player, a really good young player. So I I, I think that's that's who fans have have taken to. Gotcha. I mean, I would have said, I would have said Zubach a month ago, yeah. but look where we are now. Yeah, that that you know, trade looks so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, terrible I, trade. I, I don't understand that at all. I was terrible. gonna I was gonna come back to that just to, you know because I'm I'm curious with you, you mentioned your uh, Mike your your podcast co-host and how he's a Boston guy and I obviously just wanna, I just want to hop in. Uh, it's actually Mitch. Oh, is it Mitch? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Mitch. Yeah, sorry. That's another point Mitch. of contention between us. His name is Mike, but he goes by Mitch. But he goes by Mitch. Okay, yeah. my bad, my bad. Um, no, that's not your bad. It's his bad. Yeah, it's his bad. Not deciding what his name is. That's that's just Boston's bad right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the confused fans up in that part of the world. 
Um, so, so who obviously Lakers and Boston have had, you know, this historic rivalry. I was curious, um, who, who currently would be kind of the, the Lakers most despised team in the NBA. And let me give you a little, a couple of backdrops here that I'm just curious about. So like one thing I'm curious about is are, do Lakers fans have a little concern that the Clippers really may do something here with all this because of. They've got Jerry West, who's one of their guys. He's obviously kind of a genius mastermind, and they're doing some yes. good things over there. Or do they, you know, do they still, LA just still kind of has that arrogant, oh, they're just a little brother, or maybe not even the little brother, they're even lower than that, that they'll never be better right. than us. And also, I want to bring in our other Nick, who is here, uh, Nick Deneff, who is... Um, He's a Detroit Pistons fan, which that may bring up some painful memories for you as well. Oh, wow, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> the Lakers had the most stacked team that got beat right. by the most underwhelming team of talent in, what was that, 2004, something like that? Yes, um, I think that was the year. You say underwhelming. I feel like that's not an accurate assessment of what the Detroit uh, at Pistons At the time have. it was. I mean, compared to Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Shaq, Kobe Bryant. Right. I mean, that well, was Malone, pretty... Well, well, you're talking about an aged Payton and an aged Malone. Well, yeah, but, right. but Detroit, the Detroit thing, at the time, they were not supposed to win that championship. I mean, nobody thought they would. No one picked them. That's one of those ones where you, you go back and you see and, and you can see all the ESPN picks and everyone's picked the Lakers in five, <laughs> Lakers in six, and it, it just looks like a farce. But um, I, I think the Malone injury was one thing. You know that that happened in that finals, and and then that was that was limiting. Uh, but also just like that Detroit team was just so good defensively, and. I, I like that 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 is not like a a loss that like sticks as like a bitter loss I don't think to Lakers fans. Mm. That is not a series loss where the, the 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 everyone's like fuck I wish we had that Detroit series back. I think everyone's just like think looks back on that as like Detroit was better and that Lakers team was flawed and it was kind of hubristic honestly to construct that roster in that way and think it was all going to work. And also too it it did, it did kind of mark the era, the begin the end of the the sh- it did very much mark the end of the Shaq Kobe era. Mm. Uh, so I, I think people more think of it and less think of it in terms of like, like, like fuck the Pistons and more in terms of like Shaq and Kobe just couldn't coexist. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like the, the, the point of which they, it just wasn't going to work anymore. I bet, I bet Malone and Peyton still think about it. Oh, well, yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean like the, the, I think people forget that Gary Payton won a ring. He ended up he he was on he was With on the uh, that Miami team. <laughs> oh, that's he was, right. Yeah, I he was on that Miami that. 06 team. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so Peyton did get it, but yeah, Malone. But also fuck Malone. Like I didn't <laughs> want Malone in the Lakers. Get the fuck out. Like I'm, I'm glad we didn't get him a ring. That's you know what? That's I'm glad for good for the Pistons. You made Carl Mal- Malone ringless. Well, I think Fucking Malone mailman. won too because he actually got to wrestle in WCW. So that was his that was his championship. That's <laughs> did you guys. I watched that pay per view. <laughs> there was uh yeah, he got to re- and, and Rodman wrestled too, right? Yeah, it was yeah, like that was his nemesis. Yeah, it was, it was uh, Carl right. Malone with Diamond Dallas Page and Rodman with who he was, was it with, Macho like, Man? With, no, Hollywood yeah, Hogan. Hollywood, Hollywood, Hogan. Hollywood Hogan, Hogan, right? Hollywood Hogan. Nick, 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 right, Deneff, and, and, Nick Can we get a little uh, reflection on your your experience as a Pistons fan, two thousand four? Maybe take a victory lap here with uh, with Nick. <laughs> 
Oh, I don't know. I find myself wondering what that series would look like in today's NBA. Um, Detroit was more physical. Right. Uh, and, yeah, I it, it, it felt like they were in control uh, the whole series, and it, it could have been a sweep. I think Kobe just kind of stole game two. Right. Yeah, I think it might be. I don't know where. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. I don't know what device that was either. But uh, uh, they, you know, they marketed uh, marketed it like that. Um, but they fell off pretty quick. It, it it happened pretty quickly. They got Rashid halfway through the season, and and then they lost the following year when he failed to close out Ori in the corner. Mm. Um, so it it just. And that was, I think, the least watched finals. That Pistons Spurs finals was right. like the least watched in the last thirty years. So it it didn't have quite the same hype uh, motor that the Bad Boys might have. Um, you know, it, yeah, in I, his defense, no one ever closed out Robert Ory. So <laughs> <laughs> big shot, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't feel too bad about that one, Sheed. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, that that was just typical Rashid, though, right? Just sort of, kind of suddenly confused and lazy, and yeah, and then then he could come down and <laughs> he'd go to the other side of the court and, and shoot a couple of left-handed three pointers, you know, <laughs> just because. Right. Uh, he he brought some of that. Yeah, he brought some of that Draymond divisiveness and kind of whininess, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure he was as valuable. Uh, he seemed really motivated that first season, and and less so every season after that. Um, he was a, he was a frustrating we, we, player. I, I remember because he was on. He was. I, I I remember when he was on the the Blazers, and uh, the Lakers would play that play them, you know, four times <laughs> a year, and he was. I, there was one game I remember specifically, and he was just so dominant. And Chick Hearn was Chick, Chick Hearn was said on commentary, like, if he's not the best player in the league, I don't know who is, you know. And it's, which which sounds like insane to think about Rasheed Wallace, uh, but you know, in 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 ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one, that you know, he was like considered like it was. Is Rasheed gonna overtake Tim Duncan? Is this guy gonna be like the preeminent power forward in the league? And then that those those Blazers teams never quite reached their potential. Um, but yeah, then in, then in the uh, the Pistons, like it's just like he was uh, he was like essential to a, a, a you know like a, a key part of a of yeah. a title team. But then also it's just like well he was also a guy who would just lose games on his own sometimes. And, <laughs> and certainly the, the thing yeah. the, the issues with all the technical fouls was just sort of like it, it was insane how many tees he'd get. Yeah does does he hold the all time record for uh, t- uh, text? Ooh, that's a good question. Do we have a stat boy on the show? <laughs> Is there a stat boy? Oh, stat tell boy, me, come on. T- tell you what, you guys keep talking. We'll get him out of the stable and see if he can. <laughs> hey, hey, Nick, I have a question for you. What do you think of the uh, yeah. the current the current Pistons, the Blake Griffin Pistons? Uh, you know, I probably don't think about them as much as I should. Uh, the, <laughs> it's you know they're they're one of those teams that will give you kind of glimpses, right? Uh, as as every team will over 82 games. I mean, everybody's going to do something right for a few games in a row and get you excited. And, 
uh, it's just clear that they don't really have the, the horsepower for um, you know to compete over the course of a seven game series against really anybody else that's going to be in the playoffs. Right. Uh, Blake Griffin still looks bored, tired, unhappy to be in Detroit, and um, yeah, it's it's. I, I want to get excited about it, but I just I, I kind of can't do it in all honesty with myself. You know, I can't. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is that is that too cynical? Well, no, I think that's that seems like the appropriate amount of cynicism, especially if um, you've been a Lions fan your whole life. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, yeah. So I, that's a whole different. Our stable boy got out and he took a lap and he. He did find the technicals. In the top ten, there are five Lakers in the top ten. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, huh? We've got yeah. um, uh, we've got Shaq at number nine. Kobe is number eight. Now, uh, Gary Payton's number four. I know he's he's more known for it being uh. a supersonic, but... Right. Um, so, Rasheed Wallace is number three in the history of the NBA with technicals. Number one is number one is also a Laker. Can you guys take a, a stab at that? I mean, is it is, is it, it Dennis Rodman? Rodman? Ooh, he's on the list, but no, he's he's. I think he's eleven. No, he's Boy, number yeah. five. Let me, let me sorry, Rodman's number second. five. Rodman's five. Not, I'm sorry. So there's like there's Kurt six Rambis Lakers in the top ten. Is it can it get, is it someone who is mostly known as being a Laker or someone no, who did a stint no, on the Lakers? He is not known as a Laker at all. Mm. But he has been mentioned multiple times on this episode. I'll give you a hint: they're known for wrestling. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carl Malone, the mailman. That's you don't think of him as a guy. I mean, he was like kind of a dirty Whoa. player, but you don't think of him as being a guy who got a lot of technicals. But I guess just over such a long career. Um, it, 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 they add up. That's Three, crazy. 332. Wow. So Bar- Charles Barkley was number two, and then, like I said, Rasheed Wallace mm. was number three at 317. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of Lakers. I, just, I guess that just means your team has a lot of spirit, a lot of fire. Right. <laughs> they take the game seriously. For sure. I mean that. Yeah. Te- yeah. I'm gonna say technicals are a good thing now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, um, maybe a little. Maybe a little <laughs> entitlement there too. I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, I, I think that. But I think that's also a thing of like you know it it being a high profile franchise. A lot of players who are you know like a Dennis Rodman, like a like a Carl Malone, like a Gary Payton are are guys who played a few seasons for the franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain, even that, that was kind of his career arc, you know, they, it was the sort of the back end of his career when he was playing for the Lakers. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that sometimes happens with LAL. Uh, <laughs> so, so who back to, back, back to the, uh, Oh, wait, a low blow. <laughs> I can say that. Uh. <laughs> Well, hey, we got to get to LeBron, okay? Because okay. we've we've got we've got a card carrying LeBron hater on the pod. Oh no! Oh no! I'm not going to name names, but he may have the same name as you, Nick. Oh boy! And um, so we got to get we got to get some LeBron <laughs> questions on the table. Here. <laughs> he's he has he's been holding his tongue this whole time. Yes, for this portion. Uh, yeah, so have you ever heard of the uh, Twitter account Petty Air Jordan? No. 
Okay, well, let's just say we know who who runs that account. Mm, does his name also rhyme with Nick? No, it doesn't. No. Okay. <laughs> no, it's Ian. No. <laughs> He's putting it off on me for some reason. Uh, I'm not you're, sure why. You're putting, you're putting out a lot. We, do, we actually, there is a pettier Jordan. We do not know who runs that account, but uh, there are... Actually... There, are, there is somebody who is a fan of that account on this podcast. Wags, can we start with this? Did yes. you see where his, um, I believe, it might have been his doctor. Is either his doctor or personal trainer tweeted out that LeBron should have not been playing? Did you when see that? When was this? No, I missed this. Oh, that's a was couple that days ago. <clears throat> can we get the stats yeah. guy oh, to pull up the, the actual... Uh, I think stable yeah. boy. Yeah, let me get him out of the stable again. You guys go ahead and keep talking. Okay, so let's let's just start with um, how do you tell the difference in LA between a LeBron fan and a Lakers fan? It's pretty easy because the like like they'll just say it. The like LeBron fans, I think, are not uh, shy about saying that they like LeBron and that they were just like. They were they were following the Heat a few years ago, then they followed the Cavs, and then now they're following the Lakers. I mean, I think that that just just ask. Um, <laughs> that's, that's how you tell. Okay. What what are what are and I'm asking you like you, your opinion as well as representing Laker Nation. Um, what what are the actual expectations for LeBron? I mean, you hear in national media a lot, kind of conflicting things of like some people are like oh hey he's accomplished what he needs to accomplish you know if they can't build a team around him that's on the Lakers and it's kind of this duality of LeBron and the Lakers are teaming up and right you know or then you hear this other thing of like hey let's not talk about you being the greatest Laker of all time when you haven't done anything you know like we win championships here you we expect you to win championships so help us kind of what's the what's the reality of those the kind of those perspectives I think you contextualize it. You can contextualize it where LeBron has an argument for the greatest player of all time, but is not in the conversation for greatest Laker of all time, just because of what he's accomplished with this franchise. Like that, that to me is not a contradiction. Right. But is as far as the expectations, it, this is an irrational fan base with outsized expectations because so much has happened over the course. You know, like in in my life, I, I I'm 38 years old. There have been 10 championships. That's absurd. That's in like yeah. there, there. Other franchises will wait that entire time and and not have one title. They'll wait twice that time uh, and, and not have one title. It, it's it's an absurd. <laughs> Cleveland, <clears throat> Cleveland. Yes, exactly. It's an absurdly spoiled fan base with with insane, uh, irrational expectations, and so. LeBron, a multiple unless he wins multiple titles, it will be considered something of a letdown. That's just the, that's my honest assessment of how the Lakers fan base will respond to him. Uh, if he gets one title, he'll be he'll be revered regardless because he's LeBron. But if he gets one title, that will be enough where it'll be like uh, like there won't really be as mu- as much of a hater uh, contingent, although that will always exist. Uh, but um, don't you think? I, I, yeah. Don't you think one title would be worth it, though? Right? Absolutely. That's a, that's well, it it's a title. It. It's an NBA title. Of yeah. course, it's worth it. Yeah. Like that's that's the whole thing. Yeah, but I but I think the expectations of the the fan base are so crazy, and maybe maybe I'm, I could be wrong. Maybe that it's been enough of a drought. It's been enough of a of an era uh, spent in the woods, uh, wandering in the darkness that. 
that one title will just get every get the the, the city excited and united, and, and the parade will kind of wash away everything, and will be hunky dory. Uh, but I do think that the the expectations when he came to town were that he was going to win two or three titles. What's give us? Uh, we're kind of doing quick hitters here, but help us yeah. understand the LeBron Kobe dynamic. I mean, because you, you have. Again, we're, I'm coming at it from, I'm in the Midwest. I, you know, the twins obviously and Drew are out there. Nick's it's similar to me in the Midwest. So we're kind of taking our cues from national media, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, with the whole LeBron Kobe dynamic, you know, there's, there's kind of like Lakers fans, then there's LeBron fans, and there's Kobe fans. Yeah. What, how does the, explain the Kobe LeBron dynamic and maybe some of the inner conflict there? Cause there's some of those Kobe fans have been saying, Hey, LeBron, LeBron is getting too much love. Kobe's better than LeBron, you know, and how do you, how do they kind of reconcile the fact that like, Oh, he's on our team now? You know, how do we cheer? You know? Well, I mean, Kobe fans. The, the Kobe stands, if you will, are out of their fucking minds. They're insane. They're so, so insane. Like, they're so rabid and so irrational about Kobe's place in NBA history. And I get it to some degree. He was a part of five titles, not the most important part in the Shaq era, but a part, but a, a key part, one of the two most important players in five titles uh, that the the Lakers franchise have. Of course, that's going to be someone that the fan base is going to rally rally behind. But he, it, like, he's just was not. He's not the best player of all time. He's not better than LeBron. There really isn't a case to be made there. Uh, so I, I, I think the Kobe fans are just sort of clinging to – they're looking for a reason why uh, – they're looking for LeBron to fail to some degree. And I think that's a small uh, – that's a relatively small but very vocal and very annoying part of the Lakers fan base. Uh, but it exists. There, there is there is a contingent of Kobe fans who want LeBron to fail so they can see, told you so, Kobe better. They just want to be able to tweet Kobe better. <laughs> and, and were they doing the vandalizing then? Are we pretty certain that they were vandalizing the murals? Yes, I think absolutely. I mean, I think so. And again, most people were excited to see the murals. You go to you go to Staples Center for a Lakers game. The LeBron jersey is by far the the jersey you'll see the most. Most yeah. most fans are very very excited to have LeBron here, understandably. But the the Kobe contingent cannot be reasoned with. Okay, gotcha. Let me circle back real quick. Our stable boy was able to do his magic uh, horse hoofing again. Very exciting. Um, so this is he was... like a horse human hybrid? Is that what you're saying? He's like kind of a centaur. <laughs> yes, they exist. Oh, interesting. So that that explains his predilection for uh, knowing all these stats. He's just kind of he's, he's like imbued with some sort of magical knowledge. Kind of, kind of a Mister Basketball Tumnus, history. If you're familiar with Narnia. <laughs> got it. Got it. I'm not, but I can say got it like I am. <laughs> okay, so this is a – it was a tweet from the uh, PT that works with LeBron. This was uh, um, the same night that they were eliminated from playoffs. Um, yes. So, so that was like the first red flag from people. It's like why would you do this at this time and not like not when he first came back? Yeah, that's bizarre. Um, I'm just going to say some of the bullet points because it's kind of long, but – um, she talks about how she's been a PT for 27 years and worked with uh, lots of top athletes. Um, she says he was on the court in six weeks, but he should have it should have been six months. So she said he 
he shouldn't have played for six months because the wow. injury. He endured uh, pain, 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 but he didn't want the let the Lakers down and the fans down. Um, so yeah, that was basically uh, the gist of it. Is that all of a sudden when they're eliminated from the playoffs, you get you and, get this and six months snapshot. would be May twenty fifth, right? Six months is May twenty fifth, right? Well, he was injured on Christmas Day, so, yeah, so it would have been be... June. It would have been June. Isn't that like a like an ethical violation? Like if you're like a physical therapist to be tw- tweeting about a patient, isn't that like a like you're not supposed to do that? Isn't that like a thing you get investigated for? Well, am I wrong? Well, it's not if it was uh, LeBron's camp who decided to have that tweeted out. <laughs> Got it. So, so this is like a damage control sort of thing coming from his side. Well, yeah, I, I think, think so. That's what the talking point was. Yeah, that people are like, this just seems so odd that you would all of a sudden say this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but it's, it's it's also weird that they feel like the need to be defensive about that because LeBron has had an amazing season. Like this is like it's the they're they're because it's just what he does. He's got MVP numbers. I, I'm not sure if if, if uh, your 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 magical stat centaur has it at the ready, but his he's he's averaging something like like 27 eight and eight on like 52 percent shooting. It's something like that. It's yeah. in that ballpark, and it's just it's there. It's insane numbers. He's not having a down season. He just has a poorly constructed roster around him. Right. And yeah, he's missed games. And, well, and to your point, I don't think he – that's what makes it even weirder. He didn't need to be defended. Like, they could have just let let it alone. Like, he got injured. Right. He came back. He played. They didn't make the playoffs. Like, that's all it had to be. But yeah, they, it's They kind of turned it into something else, you know? Um, our centaur boy said that he is averaging 27 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. So, you were pretty spot on. I looked it up fairly recently. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so what? Go, going back just to the post. I mean, one of the criticisms of of LeBron is, and it, it's it seems like it's pretty common knowledge, is that he's going to control the narrative. He's going to get out in front of, you know, the storyline and kind of uh, right. control that. What's what's your take on that? And um, I mean, I'm kind of asking for a friend here. Uh, <laughs> You know, because I know some people get really frustrated about that. He needs uh, he needs content for his. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, what's kind of the like? What's your opinion? What do you think is kind of the general Lakers' opinion on that? I mean, the it's the whole like passive aggressive, you know, near, or uh, social media stuff, or right. You know, there's a a litany of examples we could go through, but. I, I think it's, it's just there's going to be some sort of trade-off with any superstar athlete, and that's what you get with LeBron. And as trade-offs go, I you can live with it. You know what I mean? It's it's just like it, it's it's he's uh that that's how he he that's how he him and his camp deal with things sometimes, and uh, sometimes it, it's 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 less than ideal or even actively unhelpful is sometimes it leads to things like you, we were talking about earlier, sandbagging coaches uh, that, that he doesn't get along with. But I, I think it's just like, you, you know, that going in, like, like to me, it was like when, when people were complaining about the, 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 the KCP contract, uh, well, it's just like, well, that's just part of signing LeBron. Who's a clutch client is that you got to take care of this other guy. Who's a part of clutch. That's, that's part of it. If you can, if you 
if you, if you sign LeBron plus KCP as a package deal and you overpay KCP a little bit, that's fine. That's just like how it, how this this sort of thing works. It's like a business reality. So I I just like it doesn't really phase me that much because it's such a known quantity. You know that about LeBron. You know that's just how he operates. Right. I feel like that's a that's actually probably a, the the most objective measured perspective uh, on the whole situation. Is just that to recognize that it is what it is. You're not sugarcoating it, right? Uh, but you know, there's some expectations that we're gonna we're gonna make this trade off for this reward later on down the road. Can I use that as a as a pull quote for my uh, podcaster bio? Uh, <laughs> the most measured and considered opinions in the game. <laughs> sure. Yes. When we redo the intro, that's how we'll introduce you. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a. <laughs> I'm having a hard time recognizing you right now, Ian. You're you're you're, you're taking all this really well. <laughs> I, hey, I respect Nick's. He's candid, and he's he's got some good takes on all of this. I, you know, I think we could we could put you up against any national media member, and I think you would hold court. You know, my my superpower is bullshitting. <laughs> I I learned it. Caleb and Keegan know this from working with me at Funny or Die. You, 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 I can bullshit my way through a meeting like, like with the best of them. So uh, if you want to put me up on ESPN, uh, yeah, I'm sure I could I could fill in as a talking head and sound like I know what I'm talking about. Okay, so give us your give us your predictions. Like your since we're talking, you know, we're kind of uh, you know complimenting your measured takes. Give us your predictions on like how do you think this plays out the next three years? Are we talking like the roster gets better this summer? Lakers are competitive in the playoffs, maybe make it, maybe don't make it to the finals, but they're they're competitive. It's a success, and then year three of LeBron, it's a championship with maybe a, a follow up championship in year four, or like how do you how do you think this all goes down if it goes well or according to plan or how Lakers hope to me what you just laid out is like a best case scenario that I consider to be implausible like I I <laughs> if I'm being honest I don't think this team I don't think the LeBron era Lakers is going are going to win a title like I just like I think that LeBron is going to he, he we're he's going to d- d- decline at some point in the next few seasons. It's just what happens that that's the the old father time is undefeated cliche. Uh, that he's just at some point he's going to have a major injury and miss a bunch of time, or he's just going to to decline in skills enough where he's just not quite a a. A, a, a lock as as one of the best players in the league anymore. So I just don't see this team becoming a title team unless something crazy happens, like they win the lottery and get Zion, and they also trade for AD without giving that pickup. You know what I mean? Which who knows? It's the Lakers. It could happen. I don't know. Right. I, I hope still. So. I hope Silver fixes the lottery. <laughs> like they'll learn from David Stern. Fix the lottery. Yeah. It's good for the league. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Give us give us your thoughts on the goat debate. Ooh, great question. Did you guys see uh, Le- uh, Kobe was just on James Corden? Yes. Uh, pr- promoting his weird wizard book? Yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe for those who um, haven't seen it, can you maybe set it up, explain kind of what it what it was? So it's, it's one of Corden's... Uh, 
like game show style challenges where they've gotta they've gotta either answer a question or eat some weird ass fear factor food. So Kobe's gotta either eat raw cow tongue or he's gotta answer a question, and the question he is posed by James Corden is uh, who's the greatest player of all time? Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or Kobe they Bryant? They really missed an opportunity. Wouldn't you do something like a weird goat food for that? Oh, that would have been better. Yeah, why not a goat thing? Yeah, like you're right. It's right like there. Goat intestine, or you know, something like that. Look at yes. that. That's a producer for you, right there. That that's a great that's a great great note. You got to either name the goat or eat the goat. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's way better. <laughs> uh, so. He uh, uh, got now. I'm mad at Corden. Get your shit together. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, so he asked Kobe this. Kobe is going to eat the cow tongue, and then he just says "fuck it," and he names. Uh, I don't think he actually says "fuck it." Actually, uh, he says, and he name, he says he's number one. MJ is number two, and LeBron is number three. And Kobe stands so, rejoice around the world. Right, I, but also like, what else is he gonna say? It, you got it. You, I think, just like probably owning it is the best move to make in that circumstance. Um, uh, but he, if I was being rational, I, Kobe would not be in my top three and not in my top five either. Oh. I, I would Did say I that? like what, what, again. I love Kareem. He's the all-time uh, scoring leader. Uh, 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 many many titles. I would put, and this is this is not a a popular opinion, but I would put Kareem number one. Mm. Then I would say. It, it, it's a it, – I go back and forth. I might say MJ number two right now, and then I'd say LeBron number three. Uh, I'd fill out my top five with probably Wilt and Bill Russell. Mm. Yeah, so that, that that's how I'd kind of rank them. And, you know, some of those – like I, I never really watched Wilt or Bill Russell play outside of archival footage, but just – Knowing, like, like looking at their their accumulated career achievements and knowing what they meant to the game, it's I, I think it's hard to not have them somewhere in the top ten, uh, if not the top five. Nick Deneff, what what do you think of that take? I mean, can you can you handle that? Kareem number one, Jordan number two. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think Kareem's underrated. Yeah, that's that sounds fine with me. I, I, I um. You know how I feel about the top ten or fifteen guys. I think it's a lot of them are kind of interchangeable, right? And uh, we can work too hard trying to rank them, and, and we're yeah. At some point, just just forcing it if we're um, too too rigid with that. So yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. I'm always up for Wilt and uh, Russell getting more attention, and Kareem too. So yeah. What do we think about comparing eras? Like, how do you how do you factor that into the equation i just assume like what i sort of assume a sci-fi scenario where this player would be transported to our current time but they would have access to uh the you know the contemporary uh training regimens and nutrition and um uh, hmm. You know the the advances that have been made and in, in how the game is played. So it's just sort of saying like, what did they do relative to everyone else in their era, and sort of applying it to how they would they might be now. Um, certainly the game has shifted. Like, but but I you look. I think Shaq would be good today. Like Prime Shaq would be a top 
like player today. Like even though the game has shifted so much, a team would have Stra- Shaq as the center of their centerpiece of their strategy, and he would be dominant as he as he was in the uh, the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, Ian, man. Ian, what do you think about the uh, what about Nick's take of the top his top five? I think it's I think it's respectable. I mean, it's that's a reasonable take. I you know I I am. I am with both Knicks on this that I think they're some of the older players do get uh, dropped a bit because of our prisoner of the moment takes. And I think right. I think LeBron is overly showered with praise, which is more of my issue uh, compared to some of these greats before. I mean, you have guys who dominated the game in ways that LeBron never has. LeBron's done that in the East. But he hasn't dominated the game the way that like Kareem or Bill or Michael, in my opinion, have. So then, right. so then to your point, then it becomes like it depends on how are you going to evaluate eras. And I can appreciate, you know, maybe different views of how you evaluate that. And some of it has to do with what you grew up with, right? So like for me, my formative year, we lived in Missouri when I started watching basketball. We, we don't have a professional team. Michael Jordan's the first person I ever heard of. So he formed my what I thought of basketball, right? So you right. grew up in, in Southern California. You're seeing Kareem. Yes. There's no doubt that Kareem is one of the greatest of all time. He has a, a move that is unique to him that was unstoppable, right. similar to Jordan. Jordan's fadeaway is unique to him. It's unstoppable. You know, he won six championships, uh, all-time scoring leader, played in multiple eras in a sense. So, yeah, I mean, I think some of that is my, – my beef is I think there's a lot of prisoner of the moment stuff with LeBron that just gets really old and annoying personally. Yeah, um, I, th- I think that's a I think that's a sane take. Uh, but Ian, have you considered that maybe you're just a hater? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, no, I th- I think I am a, a LeBron hater. Right, man. Hmm. Cool, Nick. Is there anything uh, you want to plug? Uh, you know what? I, I check out Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. If you if you want to hear a. Uh, uh, food from a, about food from a couple of dudes. Uh, it's a uh, we have new episodes every Thursday on the Headgum Podcasting Network. Uh, so check that out. And hey, can I give a shout out to my uh, to my basketball chat? Um, quick shout out to the basket chat, uh, the high intensity basket chat. Uh, Ariana, Lindsay, Dan, Cody, Owen, Carl, uh, 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 Adrian, Justin, Amanda, Jen. Uh, and Adam, who I have saved in my phone, is Rolabi Wizenard, uh, the name of the main character from Kobe's book, The Wizenard Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Great. great. Well, thanks a lot, Nick. We really appreciate you taking the time. A pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. So so fun to just uh, to just talk basketball with you guys, with some knowledgeable fans. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love doing the pod, and, and, and good luck with it. Cool. Thanks a lot, Nick. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us on the Lowering the Rim podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you download your podcast. Make sure to give us a five stars if you like what you hear, and we'll see you next time.